Our Father, we thank you that you are a refuge, someone that we can run to in times of trouble. We thank you, Lord, that you are not distant and that you are not someone who harbors anger against us. We have sin, but you've shown us tremendous grace and generosity and mercy, Lord. We thank you that you are a father to the fatherless. We thank you that you are someone that when we are thirsty, we can run to and you can quench that thirst. When we are hungry, you will, uh, you will, um, you will satisfy our hunger. When we are broken, you will provide healing. Lord, we thank you for the blessing of being able to know you. What, what a tremendous blessing that is, Lord. And I pray that we will never take that for granted. And now as we take time to reflect on how you are a father to us, Lord, and what that really means in this lifetime and beyond. I pray that you will give us wisdom from your word, that you will open our hearts through your Holy Spirit, that we may grow as your children. We love you and lift up this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I would like to show you one of the most heart-wrenching photos that I have ever taken. This photo was taken uh, actually six years ago this Thursday, It was in an orphanage in Ethiopia and taken within one hour of when Shelley and I were going to leave Micaias. You see, we had to fly back home to America, and Micaias would remain in the orphanage for about two more months before we could bring him home. And on this particular night, as we um, were holding Micaias there, he was very sick. He, he was burning up with fever. He could barely breathe. Just a little bit later, he was diagnosed with pneumonia for the third time in his young life. And I remember that night just walking with him, holding him close through the, through the halls of the orphanage. Uh, we were quietly singing him songs. Uh, we were praying over him. His hair was all wet from Shelley's tears. Shelley said since then, we were just talking about actually this week, and she said, you know, That day was the most emotionally draining day of my life. Because we met our son, and then we had to leave him. And you may be wondering, why did you have to leave Micaias? Why couldn't you just bring him home with you? Well, let me explain the process of Ethiopian adoptions. It requires two trips. The first trip is the court trip, in which the child is legally adopted in their new family. But then there is a waiting period of about two months. And then comes the second trip, which is the embassy trip, when you receive permission from the U.S. government to bring that child home. So you have the two trips, but in the middle is the agonizing period of waiting. When that child is already legally a part of their new family, but they obviously are not yet experiencing the fullness and the full blessings of that adoption. And this idea of of already being adopted but not yet fully experiencing the blessings of all that adoption, that's where we as Christians are right now in our relationship with God. I invite you to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. In the New Testament, there's developed this beautiful picture of being adopted into God's family. And Romans 8 contains a passage that, that really develops this as well as any other passage does in Scripture. And really, the entire chapter of Romans 8 is a beautifully crafted chapter uh, written by Paul, uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit. But we're going to focus in just right in the middle of the chapter on this idea of being adopted into God's family. And so we're going to look at this passage in a couple sections. First of all, I invite you to follow along as I read Romans 8, verses 14 through 17. Paul writes, For those who are led by the Spirit of God 
are children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And so we see here a lot of reference to the Holy Spirit. We have to understand that when a person comes to faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence in that person's life. And the Holy Spirit serves as an empowering down payment of things to come. I think, for instance, of Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, where the Apostle Paul says that when you believed, you were marked in Christ with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. And so the Holy Spirit is given to us as a deposit, as a down payment, guaranteeing our redemption that is coming. And then between now and then, the Holy Spirit refines us from the inside out, transforming us, helping us to grow into the image of Christ. Now we see here back in Romans chapter 8, in verse 15, it says, The Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And so the Holy Spirit enables us to be adopted into God's family. There are no naturally born children of God. Everyone who is a part of God's family has been adopted. I think, for instance, of John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, For to all who received him, meaning Christ, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So we can become children of God as the Holy Spirit works in our lives, opening our eyes to the gospel, and we respond by faith. And we can then be adopted into God's family. And on top of this, as we are brought into God's family, the Holy Spirit gives us freedom in God's presence. Paul says in verse 15, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Instead, he brought about your adoption. So, so we are not slaves to the law, slaves to fear. Because Christians, we are not to be enslaved to the Old Testament law. Because if you think that, you know what, I have to do enough good things to earn God's favor, you're always going to be wondering, am I good enough? There might always be in the back of our minds a fear of rejection because we may not live up to God's standards fully. But we know that through Christ, God doesn't judge us based on how good we are, how much we live up to laws, because that would inspire fear. Instead, we see back in the beginning of Romans 8, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And so God, as he adopts us into his family, he frees us from fear of condemnation. And instead, we get that privilege of being his sons and his daughters as we are adopted into God's family by faith. And it says that by the Holy Spirit, as we are adopted into God's family, we cry out, Abba, Father. Now, Abba is a name that we don't really use in our culture. But back in that culture, the term Abba was a name that a child would use in the intimacy of the home in referencing and talking with their father. It's kind of like today we use the term dad or daddy. That was what their term Abba was back then. And this is how we can approach God as a loving 
father, as, as Abba, as dad, as daddy. And, and, I mean, what an amazing blessing that is. On top of that, because we are his children, according to verse 17, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And so when we are adopted into God's family, it brings with it lots of blessings and lots of privileges. I mean, you think about human adoption. When, when a child is adopted into a family, frequently that brings along joys that they otherwise may not have experienced. They can experience the joy and the blessing of a loving family who provides them security and safety. They can experience abundant food. They can experience a warm home. They can experience just general safety in their life. They can experience uh, an education, the opportunity for a good job, a hope, and a future. These are blessings that come along when a child is adopted out of less than, less than optimum circumstances into a loving family. And how much more when we are adopted into God's family. For instance, back in Ephesians 1 verse 3, Paul says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed you in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So, so God gives us abundant blessings when we are adopted into his family. And there is more coming in the future. That's what he means when he says that we are heirs, that we will inherit blessings in the kingdom of God if our faith is in Christ. And so we celebrate that, that there is more coming in the future in terms of blessings from God. But now we are still in this kind of waiting period. We're in this in-between phase of already being adopted into God's family if our faith is in Christ, but at the same time not yet fully experiencing all the blessings that will be ours in the future. I mean, just like Micaiah had that two-month waiting period between being adopted but experiencing the fullness of the blessings of that adoption, so we are currently in that same type of waiting period. I want to move on now to the second part of our passage today, uh, verses 18 through 25. Paul says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to the decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So here Paul is describing what could be called a difficult wait. It's a waiting period that is, that is characterized by suffering and frustration and groaning. Paul, first of all, talks about the physical world around us. The idea that the physical world is metaphorically groaning under the curse that God has pronounced on the world because of our sin. And, and the, the world is, is metaphorically waiting for that time when it will be released from that bondage. And we have that promise that at some point in the future, God will abolish that curse upon creation. But in the meantime, creation is groaning and we experience struggles in that world because 
of the brokenness here because of that curse. And on top of that, we are groaning as well. I mean, I, I think, for instance, of our prayer request emails. We send them out usually at least weekly. I just printed off our most recent prayer request email. and just want to read to you just the, the types of things that are um, affecting people that they're requesting prayer for. When you have cancer, you have someone who's suffering from diabetes and then an infection related to that and an amputation related to that. Have an unborn baby with a heart defect. Have someone who's suffering severely with Crohn's disease. A heart aneurysm, pulmonary fibrosis, cancer, back problems, leukemia, an upcoming court date, more pulmonary fibrosis, and then several others with major ongoing health issues. And then the last prayer request, just praise for what's going on with our political situation in our country and just praying for the the health and the unity and the healing of our nation. And we look at these things and we think, wow, I mean, there's so much struggle and so much brokenness and suffering in our world. Now, this may not sound super uplifting, but if you would like to receive our prayer request emails and you are not yet on the list, uh, you can always sign up on the connection card. Some people have asked about that. Always on the back of the connection card, there is a box you can check to receive the prayer requests. um, Or you can also contact the church office. But I mean, you look at these things and you think, wouldn't it be nice... If when a person comes to faith in Christ, if God would just make everything all better, if he would just heal them, or even if God would prevent people from getting these challenges in the first place. I guess the majority of people who are listed on the prayer requests are followers of Christ. Why doesn't God heal them? Why doesn't God fix things here and now if he loves them so much? And sometimes people wonder, God, where are you? God, if you really are a father, that if people say you are, you sure seem like an absent father. You sure don't seem to care very much for your children. That's what some people think. But we have to understand that we are now in the in-between time. The already, but the not yet. We're, we're, through our faith in Christ, we can already be adopted into God's family. And we can experience significant blessings from being adopted into God's family. I think, for instance, of the fruit of the Spirit. These are qualities the Holy Spirit will will generate in us as his children here and now. Things like love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are qualities, these are blessings that can be ours here and now because we are part of God's family. Even though we can experience blessings now, even though we, through faith in Christ, can already be adopted into God's family at the same time, We obviously are not yet fully experiencing all the blessings that will come in the future in heaven when we are face-to-face with God in our new home. Back here in verse 23 in Romans 8, Paul says that we who are the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption of sonship. And so earlier he said, you've already been adopted. You already cry out, Abba, Father. But here he's saying that we're waiting for our adoption. It's two sides of the same coin, the already and the not yet of adoption into God's family. We're looking ahead to that time when we will fully experience that adoption. We're looking ahead and we're waiting with an earnest hope. This is why Paul says, for in this hope we were saved and we wait for it patiently. Now, it's hard to wait patiently for something that you really, really want. 
But this is a confident hope that we can cling to even in the midst of the challenges that we face in this in-between period. Where we've already been adopted, but we're still waiting for the fullness of that adoption. I think of Micaiah's. And I think of how back in November of 2010, I mean, it was exactly six years ago that we were in Ethiopia meeting him for that first time. But in November 2010, what ached our hearts more than anything else about leaving him, I mean, obviously we were just going to miss him and we were wanting him home now, but not, he couldn't be home yet. But the thing that ached our hearts the most was that he would probably feel abandoned once again. That in his little 15-month-old mind, as much as we tried to tell him that we are coming back, we are your parents, we love you, you will see us again, you will come home with us. As much as we told him about that, as much as we showed him pictures, I doubt that there was a way for him to really understand the fact that we were not just another caring, happy face that is with him for a while and then leaves him. Because in his life, he had had countless orphanage workers who had come and gone. He had seen countless adoptive families who come into the orphanage to be with another child. And they come and, you know, an adoptive family's come into an orphanage. They care for a lot of the children. They hold them. They play with them, stuff like that. He'd had so many other adoptive families who'd come into the orphanage, who'd, who'd showered love and care on him, who sent us pictures. But they came and they went. There were volunteers who came on missions trips. They came they showed love and care for these children, including Micaiah, and then they left. And you can just imagine Micaiah's little 15-month-old mind not able to really comprehend the fact that we are his parents and we are coming back to get him. But you then transfer that to our spiritual lives. We are here, and we are still waiting the, the finality of our adoption for the adoption to be finalized with God to experience the full blessings of being home with him. But we can wait with confidence. I mean, for one, most of us are older than 15 months. And we have promises in Scripture to understand that, that we are looking ahead with the eagerness, with the confidence, with the assuredness that God will bring to completion the adoption that he has already begun in our lives. And that can give us a joy, that can give us a hope, that can give us perseverance as we are waiting right now. Because he loves us. He has not abandoned us. He, he, he's given us a stamp of approval. We can call out to him, Abba, anytime we want. Abba, Father. He promises to never leave us and never forsake us. He is a father who cares for us. He says in First Peter 5, cast all of your anxieties on me because I care for you. So we see in this passage this progression from fear to adoption to full redemption. It's a timeline in a person's spiritual life. And there are many things in this world that we could fear. And you know what? If, if we were walk, wandering around as spiritual orphans, we would have reason to fear them. But we don't need to fear the things that are troublesome in this world because we have a Heavenly Father who is caring for us. I think of Micaiah. He no longer, now that he's in our family, he no longer needs to fear abandonment. He no longer needs to fear neglect. He no longer needs to fear starvation. Now, truth be told, for adoptive children, just as for us in our spiritual lives, even once we're adopted in our family, the baggage from the past can still rear its ugly head and still cause those fears to well up. 
but we don't need to fear those types of things. He doesn't need to fear those things in our family. And God is a loving Father who cares for us as well. So, so we can transfer from fear up into adoption, but we're still waiting for that full redemption when our adoption into God's family is fully finalized. But like I said, we, we are not wandering around as orphans. Jesus, back in John 14, verse 18, says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And if you read the context of that passage in John 14, it's talking about sending the Holy Spirit to adopt us into God's family. I mean, again, we don't have to fear anything in this world because we have a Heavenly Father who is caring for us. And as we wait for that time when our adoption is finalized, we can wait with joy because we are children of the King. We've already been adopted into his family through faith in him. I, I have Micaiah's birth certificate from Ethiopia. While we were um, at home in that waiting period, the in-between period, the Ethiopian government issued his birth certificate. I mean, the date on it is December 13th of 2010. So we were home waiting at that point. He didn't come home till January. It, it already lists Shelley and I as his parents. But I wanted to point you to the, the name Micaiah's name circled there in red. If you can't read it, it says Micaiah Brandon Lemons. You see, in, in Ethiopia, when a child is adopted, they take the name of their father, their new father. Now, we changed his middle name later um, to John. But, but this is, I think, highly symbolic of our relationship with God as well. He took on his father's name. And we receive our heavenly father's name when we are adopted into his family. And we have that privilege of being his children. We are given basically a rebirth certificate when we come to faith in Christ. That you can put, insert your name there if your faith is in Jesus. And you are a child of the king. That you can cry out anytime you want, Abba, Father. And that now can give you incredible joy and encouragement and perseverance as we wait for when he returns. So we cry out, Abba, Father, we look forward to that day when our adoption into God's family is finalized, which is when we will fully experience the blessings of that adoption, seeing him face to face, and finally being in the true home that our hearts long for. And between this day and that, may we wait with patience, with faithfulness, and with joy, because we have been adopted into God's family, and we look forward to going home with him. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that you loved us so richly that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, to pay the death penalty we deserve for our sins. Lord, thank you that we can approach you with confidence, that we can come before you as Abba, Father. What a, what a privilege that is. Lord, our hearts, though, as we look at the world around us, our hearts ache because we see so much trouble, so many trials, so much suffering around us. We face many of those same things ourselves. But thank you, Lord, that you give us hope. Thank you that we can call on you anytime we want, that we can cast our anxieties on you because you do care for us. And Lord, I pray that we will um, come to you frequently, and that we will always be walking around with the joy that comes from knowing that we are children of the King, that we are your son, that we are your daughter through faith in you. And Lord, help us to hold firmly to you, to persevere with patience, with joy, with faithfulness as we wait for that time when we will see you face to face. 
Lord, we thank you for your love for us and thank you that through, through Christ we're going to be adopted as your children. We pray these things in your name. Amen.